relationship expert Stephen Dromgoll is not only back from Europe, he is back here in the studio with us this morning. Kia ora, good to see you. Morning, Jack. Good you to have, be here. Um, you've not been as fixated by the tennis as I have, but you've been fixated by an extraordinary movie this week. Yeah, I had an experience of feeling very, um, very Kiwi. I was going to say proud to be a Kiwi. There were parts that didn't make me feel super proud to be a Kiwi, but I, um, I ended up watching Muru. Ah, and wow! Is it you found it was really moving? Was it incredibly? Someone someone asked me afterwards, you know, did you like that? And I was like, actually, I can't say that on the radio, <laughs> but I was like, wow! Yeah, yeah, it was very very powerful. Isn't that that's like I don't want to get too overblown here, but that's great art, right? When you when you leave something and it affects you to the point that days afterwards you're still going. Oh, I'm just finding myself sitting at the traffic lights thinking about that film, and everyone I talk to, I need to tell them about this film. That, that's that's a sign of real power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm shamefully haven't seen it yet. It's top of the list because it's. Um, I've heard amazing things about it, and it's quite an interesting approach that the filmmakers have taken with Muru, isn't it? You know, yes. So. Yeah. Oh, very much looking forward to that. Glad to hear um it affected you so much this morning. I teased it as news. Hopefully, you would never need to use. This morning we are taking some inspiration from the situation that Adam Levine finds himself in and his wife finds herself in. So for those who don't follow all the gossip rags, Adam Levine is a a global superstar singer. He is married and has several children with his wife who is currently pregnant. They announced their their pregnancy recently. But it's been revealed that Adam Levine has been sending messages to other women via social media. So clearly there has been a betrayal in that relationship. Is that a fair kind of summary of where things are? I think that's a really great summary. Great. Okay. So with that as our inspiration, let's talk about what you do if you find yourself in that unenviable position where you've been betrayed by your partner. For the first two weeks after that horrifying realisation, what is your advice? So the the connection with the film was just one of the things that they did so powerfully was that they didn't take this sort of binary what I think of as an American film approach where there's a good guy and a bad guy that there was there was a lot of complexity right and so and this is with Muru yeah yes, yeah, yeah right and so the challenge that that you're going to have if you find out that there's been a betrayal of some of some kind whatever that betrayal is and the reality is in most cases initially you don't know exactly what the extent, what the scope of the betrayal is. Um, and what you're trying to do is to reshape your reality. Right. And so the thing that most people get stuck in as a first base is the why trap. So they're saying, why did this happen? Why, you know, and so they want all of these details and they, they sort of go down that rabbit hole. And it's intuitive because, you know, when we don't know something and then we find it out, yeah. there's a sense of relief that comes with that. Yeah, right. Except in this case, most of the questions you ask are going to make you feel worse and they're going to make you feel more dysregulated in that first couple of weeks because you're so overwhelmed. Right, okay. So the way to avoid the why trap is when you have why questions, write them down. They will be important, but your task in the first couple of weeks is just to accept that you don't know. <sighs> That's hard, eh? It's um, really, really, <laughs> really hard. Okay, so, so perfectly natural. You've been betrayed by your partner. You find out... Part of you wants to know every single possible little detail mm-hmm. so you can assess it all and analyze it all. But you think a better approach is to go all of those why questions, literally write them down. Literally write them down. Right. You don't want to forget them. They are important. They're, they're, they're an important later stage of the process, okay. just not in the first two weeks. Sure. Okay. That's a great great place to start. And then you have to try and just be, be as comfortable as you can with, with 
not answering those questions to start off with. Yeah. So comfort's not really an option. So at the point in time that you say, okay, I'm accepting that I don't know, then what's going to come up is all the emotion. Right. Okay. And so people respond to this in different ways. Some people are going to go numb. Some people are going to be crying. Some people are going to be breaking things. Some people are, you know, going to be sobbing in a, um, you know, in a puddle on the floor. Um, all of those are completely fine. Crying is actually a very effective way to get rid of stress hormones, all of those kind of thing. But the better, uh, the thing that you can do is the emotions just going to happen. They're like the waves. So don't, sure. don't fight them. Just, you know, they can be there. But what you want to do is you want to look under the emotion for the need that's driving it. Right. So if you're feeling incredibly angry, it might be if you, you sort of, what am I angry? Oh, well, I'm angry about because, you know, I stayed at home to look after the kids and this is, you know, now I feel really unsafe. My future feels uncertain. So if you look at the need underneath that, the need is security. Okay. So if you can drill down under the emotion to get to the need, then what you can do is you can say, so what can I do right now in this really awful, awful moment right now to help me feel more secure right now? Okay. And it might be that you call your mum or you call a girlfriend or you make a financial plan or you can do some, but it, it gives you some control back. Right. Okay. So, so try and assess those emotions through a needs lens. Yeah. So why, why, you know, what is this telling me about what I need right now and find a short term solution. And the short term solution doesn't mean necessarily that you, um, take huge, big, drastic steps. It just means that you you kind of plan for it in your own mind, so that you've worked through those yeah, yeah possibilities. Yeah. And the key is really smaller. Uh, smaller is better because mm. your emotions are going to keep going up and down. You might be angry, and then you might be sad, and so it'll shift. So something really small, yeah, right. Um, you know, is is more helpful, more useful. Um, and but what it does is it's your reminding that younger part of yourself that you uh, that there is a big person taking care of you and that right. big person is yourself and that big person can access other people apart from your partner who at right. the moment may well not feel okay. safe. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Great. So so you um, write down your why questions, you get to your needs behind your emotions, and what else can you do? And then the third thing is the body because this is the – when when we are betrayed, we experience that at a visceral level as a body – based uh, death threat, basically. Yeah. Uh, so the youngest part of our brain associates safety, uh, connection with safety. Right. And so it's common for people to um, uh, to think about suicide, uh, to think, uh, think about not wanting to be there. Those are kind of normal things. And so it's really important that we take care of the body. And the three most important things um, are basically eat, uh, eating. And my personal um, go-to is something like smoothies because our gut's often not working well. All right. Okay. So, yeah. so smoothies are easy to digest, it's multivitamins, and we can process them relatively easy. And the sugar tends to help kickstart yeah, right. our digestion. So that's, that's a kind of a go-to. Um, uh, you know, obviously stay away from uh, alcohol and, and caffeine if you can. Uh, go for a walk. <laughs> that's a big ask, eh? Uh, again, you know. No, I mean, if you can, right? Yeah. No, but honestly... If you can stay like stay away from from booze after something like that, it does make a big difference. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, a bit of if, exercise. if you're gonna do it, just accept you know. Yeah, there are swings, yeah, swings yeah, and yeah. But like, I'm no, I'm a big believer in like treat your body how you want to feel. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so get some exercise as well. Yeah. Uh, so and again, not not intense, but 20 minutes uh, walking a day in sunlight if you can find it. Yeah. Um, you know, is a good thing. And then that big thing, most people struggle with sleep. Yeah, but if you just make time to rest, if you just lie down in your bed at the correct time, 
and just breathe, you know, or listen to some gentle musical meditation, you'll get about 80% of the benefits of sleep. And over the two-week, you know, in the vast majority of cases, you will stabilize. So don't get anxious about the fact that you're not uh, sleeping. Yeah. As long as you make time to rest, you're working so hard that your body will eventually sleep. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah, that's really practical stuff. Thank you.